Hello, Team Builder, and thank you so much for joining us today on Ask Michelle and Chris. We're here to answer your questions about team building so we can learn and grow together. I'm your host, Michelle Cummings of Training Wheels, and I'm joined by my co-host, Chris Cavert of Fun Doing and On Team Building. Let's go find out what we can answer for you today. Hey, Chris. Welcome welcome to Training Wheels Headquarters again today. It's always fun making the drive over and and knowing we're going to get to do some fun stuff. Yeah. How how have you been? Um, I've been okay. You know, if it's a red, yellow, green kind of check-in, I'm kind of yellow. I had a very interesting (laughs) week of just life, the way life flows and gives you little challenges and Mm -hmm. But hopefully I'm past that and can get into a little more green. I always like looking forward to this. So yeah. this will kind of pick me up a little bit and me we'll too. have a good chat. And So we generally record these on Fridays. And so it's kind of like almost a treat at the end of the week, for me at least. So because I'm like, ooh, yay, we get to get together and talk about stuff. Talk about stuff. So yeah. I think it- I think that's an, just on a side note, I get excited about it. You get excited about it. We've been doing this a long time. And what about others? What about the listeners out there? You know, do you get together enough with people to kind of just keep the inspiration going? Hey, what, what have you been doing? What's been new for you? What's a variation? What have you been thinking about? Yeah. I mean, those conversations help us learn and grow. And, and I've been learning so much just from Michelle. I've known you forever, mm-hmm. but I don't know a lot about what you think about. So that's been kind of fun. Yeah. It gives me an opportunity to learn. I, th- I think we all like to learn stuff. Yeah. So having these little hours, we're not as productive as maybe we I could know. be. I know. We get chatty with one another because we're like, yeah. hey, friend, how's it going? Yeah, but it's but it's good. I mean, to, to find your own, what do they call those? Just kind of a, a professional development group or a mastermind group or just every once in a while get together with people, yeah, we, accountability I, partners, Yeah, things we like that. mentioned it a little bit in one of our previous podcasts around just, I think, the, the professional development one that we yeah, did, yeah. that, you know, finding your people, finding your tribe. And yeah. and uh, thanks for being in my tribe, Chris Caver. Oh, wow, I didn't know I was in your <laughs> tribe. That's kind of cool. That's um, kind of cool. Okay. What, what are we talking about? We talked about a few things. What do you want to start with today? I am excited to ask you questions this time on our a previous podcast that we just recorded last week was on my writing process for a book. Oh, so right. now right. I am so interested to hear, Chris, what is your process for when you go to write a book? Because you've written several books in the team building field. How many? It's like 15, isn't it? I think we're at 16, 16 now. 16 now. And in context, you know, this started in 97, I think, was the first quote-unquote officially published book, which was um, 50 Ways to Use Your Noodle. That was your first book? That's the first published book. Okay. The process before that was writing in curriculum style. Yes. For programs that I was actually working at at the time, Um, Michelle and I both worked for an organization that helped at-risk youth, and we used wilderness I guess you'd call it wilderness therapy. We weren't really therapists, but we used challenge courses. We went out on backpacking trips. In that context, I wrote a lot to help detail out activities we were doing. And then that ended up in going into uh, the Kinko's, quote unquote, Kinko's copy spiral bound things that I would take to conferences Mm -hmm. and to sell at conferences. So most of that stuff in the beginning was repurposing 
things that other people had written where I would repurpose in a way that I would use it with my populations. Mm -hmm. And then I would go to conferences with like-minded people who were there to learn about working with at-risk youth, whether that's PC or not anymore. Sometimes that goes out of favor. But underserved, I think, was a new term. Mm -hmm. Um, And that, that evolved into one conference. There was a gentleman running the bookstore who was starting a publishing company, Wooden Barnes, and was interested in, to know if I would like to be one of their authors. And I already had enough material to turn it, to do a couple of books with them. Um, but this was after this. So I think the 50 Ways to Use Your Noodle was right kind of simultaneous, but we did publish that one while Wooden Barnes was kind of evolving. So that was interesting. I had content already. So I didn't, it wasn't like, I'm going to write a book. Mm-hmm. It was like, I had all this stuff. Well, I'll put it together in a, in a sequence of, of less to more challenging activities. And that's how I'll present it to people. Yeah. I actually have a few copies of your, the original experiential notebook yeah, by Chris yeah. Cavert that you would literally go to Kinko's, you made copies and you mailed hard copies to people. So in my deep, dark archives of like favorite things I want to hang on to. I have a few of those originals back from the late nineties. I I think, yeah, it was, and it's all about writing. At the time I had got to know Carl Ronke much better. And I was on the tail end of his bag of tricks newsletter that Mm -hmm. he ended up stopping. Mm -hmm. And I was so, you know, it was, I was disappointed because I was so hungry for information I reached out to him and said, do you mind if I kind of carry on the that process with people? And I think he shared, I don't think he shared his whole, you know, he sent me some, a list of addresses that he had. So I tried to then uh, build off of that and sent and mailed those things out, you know, copied them and mailed. So that was like the first blog, <laughs> yeah, right? It was right? like my Absolutely. first blog. But it was mailed out. I don't know how many of those I did, maybe a dozen, mm-hmm. maybe not even that many. Um, but then it turned into the books and then that turned into the, so it's, to me, I never intended to be a quote unquote writer. It was more of kind of an accidental process of documenting things. And then when you put into a book, you just think about how, how would you like a book to be? Mm -hmm. Um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of opinions about what an activity book should be like, it's about your style. What what would be useful to me is the way I thought about it. And I always liked questions. So most of my books, I guess about half my books will, will, will have some observation question possibilities. Like what are you looking for? What could you ask? It gives people the idea of what the activity is about. Um, so I, I ended up halfway through my process getting kind of a format and once you kind of have a format, writing activity books is relatively straightforward. Then you just put everything in the format, in the subheadings. A couple of books have been question books where it's, it was fun. My, my partner at the time, whenever we would drive, we would just make up more. She would, she would document and then we would just make up more of these. Are you more like, or what would it be like? Those are two books that came out around questioning mm-hmm. and discussions and thinking about things. So those two books were just kind of more fun, no real format other than 
going through a thousand and one questions to make sure you didn't repeat any questions. Right, yeah. <laughs> that was always kind of the, the hardest part, but I left that up to the editors then uh, <laughs> at Wynton Barnes. And then mostly activity books. So activity books for me were have been fun because like you writing a story, I my I I don't wrap myself around the story and how a story unfolds. I get to ch- pick and choose whatever I feel like writing about at the time, what feels interesting. And mm-hmm. uh, maybe, I've, maybe I just presented it somewhere. I've been working out the bugs and then I'm inspired to write. So I think for me, it's fresh when I use an activity. For example, the, for, the portable team building activities, which were one of my recent activity books, that probably took over six years to put together. And by the time it was done, half of the material had changed because I had done it so much. Oh, nice. It wasn't even really, I didn't even feel it was worth putting it into the book. Oh, okay. Because it had been out there for so long, it wasn't really new. Oh, okay. So it ended up... So it sounds like you might, like, you you find an activity, you like it, you write it up and you stick it in the folder of the future of this book. I want this one to go in that book. So how many current folders do you have, Dr. Cavern? Yeah. Well, (laughs) you know, things have been have evolved after so the the writing part of things my process has been that collecting thing you get an idea for a book i i like writing with people mm. the 50 ways to use your noodle i i met sam sykes through someone told me that sam wrote the zircon gorilla this activity book back in the day and I met him at a conference in a very strange and interesting way. That might be time for another story. <laughs> and I said, are you interested in doing this? And he said, yes. Because I knew as soon as this idea came out in, in, the, in the universe of creativity, things I believe are, are, are I'm going to use the word, floating out there. Ideas are there for us to grab and work with. If you read um, Elizabeth Gilbert's Big Magic, she calls them entities. And they come and they, they ask, hey, you want to work together? And if you agree, then things will come to you in a way that will make this process a little less challenging. Hmm. So it, it was be, be, um, by the time I had the idea for the noodle book and by the time it was published it was about six months. Okay. So I had all this stuff in written form and then Sam had some things. And then we were close enough together. We drove and did some meetings and photo shoots and activity rehearsals. And we got that. He knew the whole process. So Mm -hmm. getting together with someone that knows the process. When you talked about that, you know, you had Jim Kane Mm -hmm. who knew the process, which then your learning curve goes down. Right. You have someone who knows the steps. You've you've cut out some of those 10,000 hours uh, I think it's a Malcolm Gladwell theory of 10,000 hours. Mm-hmm. You can cut that down by getting together with people who have already learned some of that right. stuff. And have different skills than what you do. Exactly. And mm-hmm. they know where to point you. Right. Um, so Sam was my first collaborator, and it was a fast, fun process. And he and I have collaborated on other books. Uh, and to me, it's fun. To me, having people to collaborate with kind of keeps you on a timeline. Mm-hmm. Um, it keeps you accountable. If I look at the books that I did by myself, sort of, everything is Chris Cavern and friends because, you know, nothing is done, in my opinion, on my own. I, it, it comes from places. So 
my books probably took twice as long, if not more, if I did them by myself. Okay. Collaboration, usually we have a good timeline, and most of those things were went pretty fast. Yeah, which is honestly a true testament to teamwork and team building, right? Because when you are working in a team, you have all of those things that we talk about in our programs. You know, you just basically described in why you like to co-author with people, which, yeah. and that's, that's honestly how I feel about it too. I really like the collaboration piece of working with another person yeah. as well. For me, one of the things I know it, 15 minutes is always so fast. So 15 to 20, <laughs> but I want to, I want to, in my writing process, I guess my, my my greatest writing challenge was writing my dissertation. Oh. So that was, that was a thought process. That took me over a year to write that. But, and that, and that has some formatting. That has some formula to it. Mm-hmm. And I learned two things that have helped my writing since on every project after that. And now that I'm doing blogging, I'm doing, you know, I have two different blogs. And two different podcasts where we're, we're thinking about things and creating ideas. Two tips and one process that really helped me. The biggest process piece for me is whenever you come up for an idea, whenever an idea comes to you about any project, I could have six projects kind of open at one time. And if an idea comes up in a project, I write that down you know, and put it in the folder or put it in the, in the notes. Mm-hmm. And, and when you have all those ideas to go back and look at those, it makes the writing a lot faster mm-hmm. because you're, you're not having to sit down and think of something to write about. You've already thought about it before and how do you plug it into what you're doing? Mm-hmm. So always have a way to keep notes of those thoughts that come up Put them in an appropriate place where you're collecting all the same thoughts for the same book in one place. Makes writing really fun. Then writing process, write for 15 minutes a day, minimum. And, and you the, follow that? You do I that? I do. Oh, wow. I write at least 15 minutes a day, which usually turns into longer. Right. I write on something because I have, I have at least a dozen folders that I can open up and add an idea to okay. to get my writing process started. And research says in, in academic research principles, people are much more productive over time if they write 15 minutes a day oh. versus finding blocks of time. Blocks of time tend to be more stressful for people and they put it off and put it off. No, I got to wait for my block of time. So research says, basic researching academics... The people who write every day just a little bit become more productive hmm. over time. So Ooh, that, that was, sounds like an amazing amount of discipline. That and and a lot of people will do that right in the or in the morning. Where they get up and they write their fifteen minutes, and then that feeling of success. Mm-hmm. I mean, that carries over. That carries over. You just write, put something somewhere. The second one has kind of been a weird one that most people kind of don't get until they try it. You stop in the middle of a sentence. So you're writing an idea and you're typing, 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 and you stop before you finish the idea. And what has become, what, what people found out about this through research is we're more apt to come back to the idea and your brain will remember where you were and will pick up the flow hmm. versus stopping at the end of an idea and having to re, rewrite, kind of think of restart. Mm-hmm. 
So you're in the middle of something and it kind of puts you back on the flow. That has absolutely helped me immensely when I have to know I have to stop and go somewhere and, and stop writing. Uh, I stop right in the middle of a sentence and I come back and I don't worry about it anymore because I come back right to the same thought. Wow, interesting. Yeah, it's a, it's a brain science thing that actually works for me. I don't know if it works for everybody, yeah. but I do give that advice to people. Write 15 minutes a day and stop in the middle of a sentence. Stop huh. in the middle of an idea and you'll be fine. Okay. Well, I can if, if I can kind of relate that to some of the my writing, because I do write my weekly team building newsletter every Wednesday and, you know, I can schedule those whenever I want. And I try real hard to <laughs> to schedule them ahead of time and write them ahead of time. But I don't always get that done. But if I do, if I start it and I don't have time to finish it, I'll come back to it. And sometimes, you know, that's happened. That exact thing you just described has happened. I just like, oh, yeah, that's right. That's where I was. Or another thing I like about that is let your brain really, you think about it over time rather than just, all right, here's my one hour I'm going to dedicate to writing the newsletter article this week. And then poof, you punch it out and then boom, there it is. But if you do it a little bit over time, it probably it probably makes the article that much better. Yeah, it because, gets better. Yeah. It's better. Mm -hmm. And you know, you and I have both done let's get it done. Yes. And then every once in a while I get to go back to a piece and revisit it and then I rewrite it. I'm I'm actually migrating my theoretical pieces from fun doing that I've that I've written over the years to the on team building. So we're separating mm -hmm. activity blog and theoretical blog, mm. and I'm rewriting some of the pieces with newer information, which has been really fun. It's the, the pieces are better now when I re revisit them. Yeah. So it's it's about a discipline of just write a little bit every day about anything, and then when you're excited about your project, add a little bit to the project. Yeah. Uh, and stuff gets done. Well, Chris, this has really been fun for me now because I've been around you and we get together, you know, periodically to do these things. I see you take notes on everything you've got. I've always, I'm always very jealous of whatever that, that iPad pencil thing is that you bring out all the time. And you, so he, he writes notes down digitally. He writes them on pieces of paper and somehow they all, he seems so very organized. And for me, my process, I feel like is a lot messier. Um, but it, I get there, but right. so I think it's, this has been really, it, very fun for me. I hope it's been fun for the listeners as well to cool. see two very different processes. And yet at the same time, they work, they work. They, mine works for me. Yours works for you. And yet we, we put good stuff out there in the world. So. And that's what it is. Find your process yep. and then be consistent. Just, just be consistent with writing and then stick to your process and eventually and we and then it's like trust the process yeah trust right? the process then trust the process that's a part of that's another yeah, podcast the, episode of what does that mean yeah um, but develop something that works for you and then keep doing it yeah and then I think maybe on a future podcast um, episode we should look at maybe talking more I, I'm sure there's been some people out there wanting to know a little bit more about how to get published. So maybe sure. we could do collectively because you have experience with Wooden Barnes. I have experience with Kindle Hunt as well as I've also done some work with the Amazon Create Space. So so That's we could do one. another episode on that. Yeah, and there's so many more ways to get published. Yeah. It, and there's it's read it's the Neo publishing too, yeah. right? So we had to talk about that. Great. Awesome. Thanks so much for listening. If you have additional answers or comments about this question, please send them our way. And if you have a question you'd like us to tackle, we would love to hear it. You can find the submission link and anything we discussed in today's episode in the show notes. Find the show notes and past episodes at onteambuilding.com 
forward slash ask podcast. That's on teambuilding.com forward slash ask podcast. You can find me and sign up for my newsletter at training wheels.com. You can sign up for my Fun Doing Fridays activity email and find me at onteambuilding.com. We hope you join us next week for Ask Michelle and Chris about team building.